prior to 2007, you know, 15, 16 in that year, we're right around $150,000 roughly on giving. So in 17, we had a, a big spike from a large one-time gift and took us to $163,000 that year. Since 17, we've been on a, on a decline. That would be a 39% decline over the years. a regular gym routine. When was the last time you checked on your financial fitness? If you're feeling like you're falling behind, Ed Sedell is here to help with The Retirement Trainer, a podcast about helping you get into better financial shape. Every week, Ed talks about things you need to know to become more financially fit for your future. Learn about things like how much money will you need, financial mistakes other people often make, and how you can avoid them. Plus, details on The Retirement Fitness Plan, a plan Ed personally created to help you get to and through retirement by focusing on five key areas of your financial life. Learn more about the retirement fitness plan when you visit egsifinancial.com and click on processes. Then subscribe, follow, and listen to The Retirement Trainer on Apple Podcasts, your iHeart app, or whichever podcast platform you prefer. It's The Retirement Trainer with Ed Sedell, a podcast about finding ways to help you become financially fit for your future, no matter what financial shape you're in now. The question is, why is charitable giving more important now than ever before? This is Leanne Sedell, and here to help us answer our questions and give us some guidance to stay in the best financial shape possible, The Retirement Trainer, Ed Sedell. Hi, Ed. Hey, Leanne. Good morning. Um, Hey, uh, just for everyone, this is kind of like part two. Right, uh, and the reason I say that is we finished the the, the first podcast, and and Pat was kind enough to to stay on, and we, you know we had a a conversation. He shared some numbers with us, and and really the whole premise of of the first podcast was why it's so important to give, um, and the impact that the the COVID has had on this year. Um, last year, when we talked with Pat Poole, who is one of the co-founders of Families for a Cure, which is a local five hundred one c three here in Hilliard, Ohio community-based charity, uh, the impact that uh, the the Trump tax code, the the tax law had on charitable giving, the negative impact um, and why it had that. But now it's kind of a combination of these two. It's been, unfortunately, um, uh, a perfect or non-perfect storm, if you will. Right? And I don't think that Families for a Cure is on their own when it comes to this. We've heard this, but um, specifically here in the community that we live in, um, we're watching those charities be affected in a great way. Yep. Charities, churches, I mean, everyone is being affected by this. And so, uh, Pat, thank you for, uh, you know, kind of doing part two here. I appreciate it. Oh, welcome to be back. Thank you. When uh, uh, we were um, off the air, if you will, continuing the conversation, you know, you said that uh, as you were getting ready for this and, you know, last time it was more about numbers, you know, in 2019 and the impact that it, it was going to have. And so you, uh, you you did some some research and due diligence for, for you guys um, and, and families for a cure. And planning reasons moving forward. Yeah, and planning reasons, like you said, for, you know, m- making sure that you can further your mission. You know, so let, let's kind of go through that a little bit. So the impact that the tax law change had was, like we had talked about, you know, it, it was going to affect everybody across the board, and it did have an effect on you guys, right? It did. It absolutely did last year. In, in 2019, we saw some of our 
larger donors and businesses to a degree pull back on some of their support. And we didn't have a whole lot of justification for it. By all intents and purposes, the businesses that didn't come back to support us were still in business. And the donors that chose to not continue long time still seem to be relatively in good positions, right? So, you know, it's me sitting back and wondering what, what, what changed the situation there. It would seem to be that the, the tax code changes and the ability to not have to give to get the same benefits had an impact on our small organization across the board. Yeah. And, and so you shared with me, like percentage wise, it was down from, you know, obviously you said that two, you went all the way back to 2017 and that was, that, that was kind of a big year from you. And then, you know, 2018, you had a drop and then, you know, uh, from 2017, when the, the, the tax code change kind of kicked in, which was 18 and 19, you had an 18% drop, right? That is correct. In 2018, 2019, we had an 18% reduction in, in giving most for larger donors. So the the twenty some thousand dollars that we didn't receive that year, we can go back and identify where that money was. And it was from primarily long time uh, large dollar givers, five thousand dollars and above. So a couple big big gifts that we historically had received, we did not receive that year. And that was a big and that was a big surprise. That was the first time that had happened. And so a lot of changes, you know, and people have a lot of choice. So there's a lot of things that go in there. But for someone that had been giving seven years in a row at the same level. It was a surprise to not get that that year. And that's the one thing that we attribute to that reason. And so far, you know, year to date, it's, you've also had another really big drop. Um, and, and, you know, just going through the numbers year to date, I, I, is that through the end of November? Uh, through the end of October. So beginning of November, we were around $80,000 of revenue for the year. So we've had some donations come in on an aggressive stance forecasting out for the end of the year, I'm hoping we get to $100,000 this year. So if we were to achieve $100,000 in giving in 2020, that would be a 17% reduction from the previous year. So, you know, as you and I talked about, if I go back to 2017, which was was a peak year, uh, we had a significant one-time large gift there that sent us over the top where our normal giving is. So uh, prior to 2007, or, you know, 15, 16 in that year, it's more right around $150,000 roughly on giving. So in 17, we had a, a big spike from a large one-time gift that took us to $163,000 that year. Since 17, we've been on a, on a decline. And so going from 2017 and, and forecasting $100,000 of donations this year, that would be a 39% decline over the years, which is a scary position to be in. And as I mentioned to you guys there, we felt the impact. The first time I just ran numbers was uh, last night preparing for today because I figured we'd have some sort of conversation there. And I would have told you, yeah, we know our, our giving was down. But when I put the numbers to it there, my stomach dropped because that's a significant impact, right? That impacts the ability to, to sustain and, and keep giving. And as I mentioned before, in January, we committed to $70,000 of gifts. And that was just for our community partners. That didn't include any individual patient experience grants which this year has varied because of the COVID situation, people not traveling. But typically we give out another ten to $20,000, again, depending upon the year and what the number of um, experiences we do. That's another another amount of money we have to, to account for. So it's been a scary year from the actual impact of we made these promises. How do we sustain them without depleting all of our reserves? 
Yeah, and and so you guys not only give directly to families in need, but you have, you know, you, you kept talking about your local partners, which are also, you know, 501c3 charitable organizations that that need help as well, that that don't have the um um, structure or or ability to to raise the the kind of funds that you have in the past either. So they're also going to be affected by this as well, correct? They are, and it's it's a scary cycle because you know if you go back and you think through the year, people have lost their jobs, right? So that has an impact on giving. But think about in the typical cancer family when when a child or a family member is diagnosed, depending on the situation, one of the spouses typically stops working. What we've heard and seen in 2020 is in those situations there, one spouse was not working already, and the other spouse is either, you know, underemployed or not employed at all. And so the need for organizations to support people in the community, whether it's cancer families or food pantries, you take your pick, the outreach and the needs has increased, which has put demands on organizations to then do more. And, you know, when you're not raising money, it's hard to do more. We've done a couple of special one-time gifts outside of the, the $70,000 that we uh, plan for for some of our partners because they need it. We gave money to, to Children's Hospital for one of their COVID funds to basically pay bills. Uh, we've increased some of our giving to one of our organizations with Popala because they pay for travel expenses when people need to come into Columbus to go get treatment at the James or other hospitals here and pay for hotel stays and food and gas. And like the demand for people needing more money to pay for gas and buy some food and, and get you know, paper's hotel stays is going up. It's not getting any better. It doesn't show any signs of slowing down. So we're really faced with making tough decisions. Well, you, you know, and, and like you said, when when families have these a health crisis, you know, um, family members, you know, especially their kids, and they're either unemployed or underemployed, then you have other family members that, you know, that, that then becomes part of their charitable giving because they're trying to help sustain them, you know, as as they lose their jobs. And so, you know, it's it, it does, it becomes a, a vicious cycle, um, you know, all the way around the community. And that's why giving is so very important. Mm -hmm. Absolutely is. And I think this is a year where we're all looking for something to connect to. And there are a lot of people that need help. And, uh, you know, if you're able to give and support an organization that helps others, whether it's cancer related or just broad community based there, organizations need your help. People need the help that nonprofits are providing. And the more that we can support them, the better off we're going to be. And this is, this is going to extend beyond 2020, right? It's going to go into next year and beyond. Like we're just in an interesting place across all facets of life right now where we're, we're really, you know, those that can give, I think it's a, it's a true character moment too. How, how can you extend your legacy? Where's, where, you know, where's your, your perspective on helping the community grow? And now's the time when the community really needs that type of help and support. And I think with the isolation that a lot of us are going through right now, we are somewhat, you know, what we don't see right in front of our face. And, and sadly enough, this is not the uh, the headline for, for news right now. This is not something people are hearing through their TV. They're not hearing it through their community because they're not connected to their community, really. Yeah. We're all kind isolated, of completely. isolated and, and within our own walls. So that's why uh, this is so important that this information gets out there and that people start to understand that 
you know, we're still, we're, you're still doing what you've done for the last 17 years. You're still out there and we want to continue to make sure that you can do that. So, um, how do people get a hold of you, Paul? Pat, Pat, (laughs) well, we'll make sure that's cut out. (laughs) I think we might leave it in. I kind of my alter ego. That's, right. <laughs> That's when you wear your funny golf pants, right? That's right. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Several ways they can get a hold of us. Uh, our office number is 614-321-3645. We can be reached uh, out through our website, and that's at uh, org. That's all, all one word there. And then our social media platform, our primary platform is through Facebook, and that's Facebook slash Families for Cure. And I want to also let everybody know that we have that information also posted on our website. We do have Families for a Cure, uh, the link to your website on ours, which is egsifinancial.com. So if uh, any of that information doesn't get transferred over, we can hit it home by just saying EGSI Financial will connect you directly to Families for a Cure's website. Thanks very much for the time today, Pat. Thanks, Pat. I appreciate it. Have a good day. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, bud. Merry Christmas. Thanks again for having me on. I really appreciate the support you guys have extended us over the years. Absolutely. Thanks, Pat. you tested your fitness level, not your workout routine. I'm talking about your financial endurance because if saving to a 401k is the extent of your effort, it is time for you to start shaping up. And Ed Sedell is here to help you do that with the retirement trainer. It's his podcast to help you examine your financial stamina and learn the questions you should be asking and areas to focus on to help you get to that place you've been working so hard for a happy, comfortable retirement. And it's not as hard as some might have made you believe. Ed's broken it down into five Five simple steps. It's the retirement fitness plan, which he personally created to help clarify key areas of your financial life. Learn more about the retirement fitness plan at egsifinancial.com. Then subscribe, follow, and listen to the retirement trainer on Apple Podcasts, your iHeart app, or whichever podcast platform you prefer. Investment advisory services offered through EGSI Investment Management, DBA EGSI Financial Group, a registered investment advisor. Insurance and annuities offered through EGSI Financial Services, Inc., Ohio license number 102061. Nine.